What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonas. This is episode 81, and this is a special review episode. We're going to be covering last night's NXT TakeOver War Games uh, from Chicago, featured live on the WWE Network. And I can't wait to cover all the fantastic matches with my special guest host with me today on the line. Uh, but before, as I like to, with uh, every single episode, go straight into my social media uh, plugs so you know where to find me, where you, where you can say hi and get in touch. On Twitter, of course, we are at with Jonas underscore pod. That's uh, Twitter. Uh, at with Jonas underscore pod on Instagram you can find us just simply type in wrestling with Jonas and uh, don't forget to uh, subscribe to our, our YouTube channel we're doing a lot of work on our YouTube channel of late uh, so a lot of uh, live interviews up there a lot some exclusive content from shows I've been to over the last few years uh, so uh, of course if you enjoy listening to this podcast please don't forget to hit subscribe uh, and uh, you'll be notified every time a new episode drops you can find the Wrestling with Jonas podcast on all popular podcast platforms including Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Anchor and YouTube of course so please spread the word uh, give us a follow on all of our social media pages and uh, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels today and uh, help to get even more people listening to the best kept secret in wrestling podcast at the moment uh, the wrestling with Jonas podcast so over to our special guest host uh, so he's uh, another podcaster we've had a lot of podcasters on the wrestling with Jonas podcast of late and I've got to Liam War on the line and Liam uh, you're from the five stars in the Tokyo Dome podcast so uh, how you doing Liam good afternoon I am splendid thank you very much how you doing fantastic yeah, very good. Great to have you on board. Now, I mentioned your, your podcast there, and we spoke a little bit off air. Uh, you've dropped about five episodes. You just recorded the sixth one, and it focuses on uh, five-star matches in particular. So five stars in the Tokyo Dome podcast. Tell us a little bit about uh, the podcast, uh, the concept, how you came up with it, how long you've been doing it for. Um, yeah, give us a little bit of a shout-out about your, your podcast you're doing, buddy. Well, I guess, I suppose, five stars in the Tokyo Dome everybody knows about meme everybody knows about meme so that's what we drew on to yeah so we um episode by episode we take a match from wrestling observers or dave Meltzer, if you prefer uh five list of five star matches which obviously goes back to 1974 or whatever can't remember off the top of my it's head been, it's been a while he's been doing yeah. it uh, many years 40 plus actually, years but uh... I, think, I think the first one was 83 actually i can't remember okay. um but yeah there's about 100 of them uh, so we've got content for days but it's just recording the content so we fall into a monthly schedule and we nominate each episode or we nominate matches on a episode by episode basis so each there's three of us there's myself liam there's Ant, there's paul uh and we've all got sort of different backgrounds of wrestling uh tastes uh paul is largely new japan i i was wwe for the longest time we all obviously started with wwe when we were we younger did, yeah. because obviously yeah. but then as you grow up and mature like i started going to progress shows in london and just started generally just taking an interest in independent wrestling itself uh Ant and paul the same started coming to, come to a couple progress shows himself uh, and we went to a few rev pro shows around sort of a region because we're sort of based bournemouth way bournemouth southampton general area at the time at least um so yeah no it's uh we've just released our episode on cm punk versus john cena which i mean everybody knows that match like, one of my favorite matches of all time yeah no i i thought it was for me as well but i don't know 
Uh, it, not just because the match was good, but because of the, the build-up, that uh, epic promo, the fight was, from, yeah. uh, you know, and then then what happened afterwards when he kind of uh, kissed Vince McMahon with, with a, a little kiss over the over the barriers. He hopped mm. into uh, you know into the crowd and uh, the story surrounding. But um, yeah, I mean the match itself was absolutely fantastic, and uh, the, the crowd. It was in Chicago as well, which is uh, the same destination as where Takeover was recorded last night. So yeah, exactly, uh, yeah I mean exactly uh, same as well. <laughs> It was as well. It was. Um, but uh, Punk vs. Cena, that's your, your most recent episode. Tell us about some of your other five-star uh, matches that you've covered on your podcast, and Liam. So, so far we've covered, the first episode was Cody versus Dustin, uh, all, elite, all Elite Wrestling, Double or Nothing. I think that's one of my favourite matches so far of a podcast. Yeah. Oh, actually, no, that's a complete lie, because the second episode is we covered Will Ospreay versus Shingo Tagaki. Yeah, uh, the best of a Super Juniors final. That is insane. That match. Um, that was from this summer, wasn't it? Yeah, that was earlier this year. Will Ospreay is just having the most incredible year ever. It's insane what he's been doing. He's done literally every tournament under the sun in New Japan, and I mean, with all due respect, to him, he is a bit of an idiot, obviously, as as proven by social media on a number <laughs> of occasions. But no, not, is... not as much as Seth Rollins, but uh... oh no, Seth Rollins. Is <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, no, I mean, Will is kind of—he's mixing up with the heavyweights now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's an absolutely phenomenal talent, and it's so weird to see that little scrawny, scrawny kid from Essex that used to do backyard and just absolutely killing it all over the world at the moment. It's—it's it's amazing to see. Um, so yeah, Will Osprey and Shingo was our second match. Third, we did. Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 10 ladder match. That's yeah. a really fun match. Yeah, for episode four. Oh, another really. Well, to be fair, I'm going to say another really good one for everyone because they're all fantastic. <laughs> they're all five star matches. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But episode four was Tomohiro Ishii versus Kazuchika Okada from the G1 Climax in 2016. That was quite hard. <laughs> that was. Oh man. My chest caved in just watching it, I think. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, go check it out. All our socials are at Five Stars in the Dome. We're available on everywhere. All good major podcast networks, Apple, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, you know, everywhere. All the good stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're starting a journey. We're taking a slow, jo- slow jaunt through the hist- annals of history. But yeah, month to month, new episode. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you've got uh, over a hundred five-star matches to potentially cover. Uh, so, uh, any plans to make it um, uh, twice a month or potentially weekly? I mean, what, what's your kind of long-term plans with your podcast? You want to make it more frequent, or are you happy with what you're doing with the monthly episodes currently? We would love to do it more frequently. However, the time in our schedules just can't really allow it. Really, like as much, I, I would love to do sort of a weekly news, a current events sort of podcast, but. Yeah everything to do with work and just maintaining it and running like it's amazing how much actually goes into running a podcast itself like certainly you when you're doing a week-to-week thing uh so i i sit there and bitch and moan about getting an episode out in a month (laughs) but really it's just like oh well i'm 
Yeah, really. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we spoke a bit off air, and I said that my style of podcasting is a little bit more kind of guerrilla podcasting, kind of record it and, and smash it out uh, as quickly as I can with as few edits as I can. Um, and uh, but but you, you you like to take time. You're you're into your kind of graphic design. You really take a lot of time into your social media as well. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of love, care, and attention there put into every single episode. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, a little little pet project for me really because i by trade i'm a designer uh, i work in social media and publishing and there are a lot of sort of restrictions and stuff by nature of by nature of work like everywhere Indeed. is yeah. hamstrung by certain things so it's nice to be able to pick this up in my spare time and you know just pay attention to it and care about it and design things and like some things might be better than others, but also I've got to consider that I'm not spending a great deal amount of time on a lot of these things. A lot of the cases are just like I'm trying to rush something out just for the sake of like doing a quote graphic just to sort of push the links for the episode itself. Um, so, yeah, I just think I just think there's so much value in social media content now in terms of trying to push and drive your podcast, as it were, in this instance. And just, yeah, getting it getting it heard. So that's why I've joined you today, John. There we go. Well, uh, I really appreciate you kind of jumping on board and helping us out, helping us out with this uh, podcast. And uh, I mean, you've just got done watching uh, Takeover War Games from last night. Uh, I watched it the early hours this morning. Um, I think we'll agree without going into too much detail. It was definitely a, a corker of a show, definitely a thumbs up show. And Absolutely. I mean, NXT, they always deliver with their takeovers. I think this is their 27th now and they've never done a bad one. Now, uh, unfortunately, we can't say that about your typical WWE pay-per-view, although tonight's Survivor Series, it does have a, a large element of NXT, so I'm hoping that the, the, the match quality uh, will be quite a bit better, having them fresh faces on a big pay-per-view, but uh, last night's show was just stellar, it was top-notch, and, and potentially one or two five-star matches in there. Yeah, potentially. I mean, it must be said, I was I was really, really concerned about how this takeover was going to play out following NXT's migration to TV, and I don't think we really know what the power dynamic is with running a takeover show or NXT in general because obviously everybody's concerned with oh if Vince gets his hands on it he's going to ruin it and all that like that's what I was concerned about because takeovers are always excellent aren't they like I've never I don't think I've ever watched a bad takeover never <laughs> and I don't, think, I don't think I've ever watched a pay-per-view following a takeover that's ever been better than the takeover True. Like, it's it's weird to, that there's such a strong discernible divide in brand quality, if you will. Yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna talk about brand supremacy in that, it's just that everything about NXT is so much better than SmackDown and Raw at the moment, yeah. and it has been for years. And it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how the booking goes tonight and how the matches go but uh, uh, maybe we'll talk about some of the matches as we go through uh, the card from last night so uh, like I said you've just got done watching uh, TakeOver War Games so it's going to be fresh in your mind uh, but uh, there was a 30 minute pre-show before the main show kicked off last night now there was uh, one match now usually the pre-show matches are normally recorded and shown on the Wednesday uh, to, to build kind of their episode but now that NXT is live every single week uh, the pre-show match was shown live as well so uh, it went straight into a pre-show match and I think it was announced a day or so before maybe yesterday morning that uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott was going up against Angel Garza two fantastic uh, high caliber wrestlers um, that, that's really making a name for themselves within NXT been on a lot of uh, recent NXT episodes 
and uh, Angel Garza actually won the match um, after 12 minutes with his, uh, I think it was called a wing clipper finisher. Um, so uh, Isaiah Swerve's got uh, suffering a loss there, but uh, they definitely got uh, big kind of plans for both of these two wrestlers. It's great for them to be featured on, uh, you know, in front of such a big crowd uh, on a pre-show for uh, for last night's takeover. Uh, there's also uh, a segment, uh, a bit of an angle that took place on last night's pre-show as well, where a, a mystery attacker essentially took Mia Yim out of the War Games match. Now, Mia Yim kind of had a tremendous women's ladder match on last week's uh, takeover when she fought Io Shirai uh, to gain the, the kind of the woman advantage in the women's War Games match with the, the, the successful woman grabbing the briefcase, giving uh, their respective team the, the personal advantage going into the uh, uh, the War Games matches. And uh, yeah, I mean, she, she was pretty beat up after that match, although she has been seen uh, on some of the run-ins this week on uh, Raw and SmackDown. So we thought, yeah, she looked okay. She was going to be okay for um, for tonight's match, but uh, she was attacked by a mystery assailant. We don't know who that person is um, as, the, as the pre-show unfolded but it may become apparent as the evening uh, kind of unfolds. Uh, so Mia Yim essentially taken out of the match. And as they're loading Mia Yim into the back of the ambulance, Rhea Ripley looks over. There's Dakota Kai there. And uh, Rhea Ripley rather reluctantly um, tells Dakota that she's now part of her War Games team. And of course, uh, Dakota was kind of, uh, she was unceremoniously booted from the team when she thought she'd done enough to be part of the War Games team a few weeks ago on NXT. Uh, so she'd been carrying a little bit of a grudge but you know, this was an opportunity to become part of War Games history. So the first match, as a matter of fact, Liam, was the women's War Games match. We, we kind of had an inkling that the show was going to be bookended with the War Games matches and the women's match kicked things off. Uh, so going into the match, kind of what was your expectations and any thoughts, any feelings about uh, the, the people involved or about the match in general? With this, the amalgamation of everybody in there, I just... The problem with gimmick pay-per-views like War Games is I don't like it, and I think this is common for everybody. I don't like it when it just feels like, oh, we've got War Games around the corner, so let's throw everybody together. And the team of Baszler, Belair... Who was it? Baszler, Belair... Shirai and Kaylee Ray. Yeah, it just felt like... What? <laughs> Did it feel a bit <laughs> random to start off with? Did it feel a bit random? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh... It worked, and it was great. Oh, yeah. But... I was just like, hmm. It just feels like everything they've done with Shayna and the Four Horsewomen, it just felt, well, obviously they can do that with, because of Ronda, but I thought that sort of spot was set for Jessamine Duke and... Um, Marina yeah, Shafir. Yeah. Marina Shafir, Roddy's girlfriend. Um, yeah, no, it just... I mean, I'll still have that opportunity, of course, but, yeah, going into it, I just felt like... Is this warranted for war games? Sure. I mean, like I said, it was awesome. But yeah, I just I just don't like Franken teams, really. Yeah. Franken teams feel, really upset me sometimes. It did feel a little bit uh, kind of thrown together to start off with, but uh, when when you kind of looked at the, the individuals on paper, you could certainly see why they were included. I mean, quality wise, uh, you know what I mean? I think NXT uh, is second to none, have, uh, probably has the best women's roster in the world at the moment. And uh, the four people that were included on Shayna's team certainly are, uh, are definitely up there um, without a doubt. But um, let's go into some of the some of the kind of happenings of the opening match. And so 
to start with, each of the wrestlers got their own individual entrances before the match started. Uh, Io Shirai got a fantastic pop um, as she entered, mm. uh, and uh, so did Shayna Baszler. So those are the two biggest pops from uh, from the eight people that came out and made their entrance for the beginning of this match. Uh, all the women they then get locked into their respective shark cages, with the exception of the two wrestlers that are going to be starting the match. That turned out to be Io Shirai and uh, what well, kind of once friends now bitter enemy Candice LeRae. Of course, I remember that uh, it was Team Baszler who had the advantage going into this match after Shirai won that uh, historic ladder match that took place on last week's NXT. Uh, Shirai in this match, she impressed a lot quite early on. She uh, hit two Tiger Fake kicks, the uh, 619s, of course, a pair of running uh, double knees, an impressive uh, piece of rope work as well, where she kind of stepped from one uh, ring to another before hitting a missile drop that kick. That was really cool. That was it? really good, sending <laughs> Candice Lorraine down to the canvas. So uh, that was a bit of a, uh, an oh my good moment. Uh, Bianca Belair is the next person of Team Baser to enter. She delivers an excellent running shooter star press and two consecutive power bombs to Candice Lorraine before sending Lorraine uh, crashing into the side of the cage. Uh, Rhea Ripley is out next for her team immediately going for the weapons under the ring including trash cans kendo sticks steel chairs uh, with Bianca Belair being the first uh, to get slammed through one of the cash uh, the, the rubbish uh, bins the cash uh, trash cans yeah. for her troubles. Um, they struggled themselves on commentary saying that a lot. Of <laughs> I, I, I feel their pain. Uh, Kaylee Ray is uh, out next, who immediately retrieves a couple of chairs from underneath the ring. Kaylee Ray also teases that she's going to get a couple of tables, uh, but like a true heel decides against it to the loud uh, boos of the fans. Um, then we have a Tower of Doom spot with everybody landing horribly onto a stack of chairs down oh. below. Uh, <laughs> Belair follows this with a big splash down onto the wrestlers down below. Uh, then it's Dakota Kai, Dakota Kai's turn to enter the match. Uh, but instead of entering the match, she turns uh, back towards the shark cage where she uh, attacks her team kick stablemate and best friend Tegan Knox uh, with, a, with a, a running kick. And uh, then she turns her attention to Tegan Knox's surgically repaired left knee, ripping away at Tegan's knee brace before repeatedly smashing Tegan's leg uh, into, into the cage door. That, that looked pretty painful. And even with the knee brace there before she ripped it off, it looked like proper contact was being made there so hopefully that knee brace was doing the doing the job um i think uh like nixon not nixon take tegan knox's uh knees are absolutely buggered anyway aren't they so i don't think it mattered no how no. hard or soft it, it was gonna hurt <laughs> but uh, that certainly looked like it hurt regardless mm. uh, even william regal got a shove for his troubles uh and there, there you have it it's the heel turn that we all kind of expected but the execution was perfect um all stemming from when dakota was left off the war games team several weeks ago by ripley uh, planting the seed for how she'd find her way back into the war games team and uh say attack it she she was obviously the attacker of mir yim to get her out of the side on the pre-show yeah. and then turning her back on her best friend and fellow teammates during the match itself. So needless to say, Dakota was sent back. Uh, she will not be part of this match. Shayna is out next with a clear four on two advantage as officials and medical staff tend to Tegan Knox as the match uh, the match beyond uh, begins. Uh, this is where Shayna pulls out a set of handcuffs, uh, but is only able to attach one end of the handcuffs to the wrist of Rhea Ripley. Uh, with the odds stacked firmly against Rhea Ripley and Candice LeRae, they go on the offence with uh, trash can lids. I said it right. Uh, and uh, yeah. whatever they can get their hands on. And in one spot, Rhea Ripley um, has uh, Io Shirai in her inverted cloverleaf clover leaf from the middle turnbuckle. That looks uh, pretty good. It, it looks pretty impressive when she normally does it on the canvas, but to have her opponent hanging upside down in the clover leaf from the turnbuckles just added to the move. Um, 
Shirai then gets a close near fall from a moonsault. Larray goes on the offense with stiff kendo stick shots uh, on everybody. And then in, in one of the spots of the match, Candice delivers a poison runner on Kaylee Ray from the top turnbuckle. That was, that was a hell of a move. A really good move, and uh, Kaylee Ray sold the shit out of that one. Uh, then we have one of the moves of the whole night when we saw Io Shirai deliver another moves, move salt, this time from the top of the cage, uh, all of 12 feet down onto her opponents down below. That Did was you pretty special. Did you after that? Oh, man, it was incredible. They gave it, it a incredible. Mia chant. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> uh, I, I popped for that one sitting in my armchair at home. Uh, Kaylee, Kaylee Ray is then leveled with a trash can shot to the face. That was pretty impressive. That was sick uh, as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, towards the end of the match, Shayna then locks in a Carafuda clutch on Rhea Ripley, with Ripley managing to escape the hole by attaching the other end of the handcuffs uh, to the wrist of Shayna before Ripley put Shayna through a pair of chairs, which were set up in the ring with her rip tied pump handle bomb, hook in the leg, getting the pinfall win for her team. Well, uh, the match had pretty much everything, Liam, to be honest with you, and all of it more than delivered. Uh, I love the heel turn from Dakota and a vicious attack on Tegan Knox. Uh, I thought the offense inside the cage was awesome. Uh, we had weapons, we had handcuffs, we had moonsaults, and especially that one from the top of the cage. But eventually, we had the surprise win for the disadvantaged team of Rhea Ripley and Kenneth Ray in this brilliant opener. And Ripley uh, is having a hell of a week, uh, pinning... Uh, Charlotte Flair on an episode of SmackDown and then getting a win for her team here. Um, but I'd love to know your thoughts on this opening match, the uh, first ever women's war games match. Well, firstly, this does incredible things for Rhea Ripley, which I love because she is incredible and it just makes her look so, so strong to be able to obviously stack the odds so heavily against her and then, well, pin Shayna Baszler, which not many people have. Who, who's done it? EO? Uh, or Kyrie Sane, like not many pins. You, you can count on one hand, possibly yeah, two it, fingers. It, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that they're really putting some stock in uh, Rhea Ripley because, like I said, she is fantastic. Um, that was another thing. Just going back to the team setup, like uh, Tegan Knox being with Rhea Ripley, that's still been bothering me. That they're sort of slightly friends, seeing as I know Rhea obviously didn't intend to break. It was Rhea in May Young Classic, wasn't it? Where, yes, um, that's right. In the in the quarterfinal, and that's where she, uh, yeah, that that's the match that Rhea but, won that she shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's a dropped ball there in terms of that story. But I mean, they obviously had higher higher uh, issues to deal with yeah, in terms of Dakota Kai and that. So um, yeah, no. So it does amazing things for Rhea, Candice as well. She, I mean, they all looked fantastic. Um, that moonsault from EO was sensational. And like I said, the Mamma Mia chant after it was just really, really made me laugh. Mamma Mia! <laughs> I'm gonna mi- that's, that's the move that I'm going to take away from this match. That's the move that I'm going to remember from this match. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, rest in peace, Team Kick. Really? Yes, unfortunately. But it sets up a nice feud. Uh, like I say, and although we saw the heel turn coming a mile off, uh, the story played out well and it played out over a number of weeks. And mm-hmm. I think that uh, certainly Dakota played her part in it fantastically. And it'd be good to see a heel side of her, how she is a, is a heel, how she can explain her actions on this week's NXT. And then, of course, uh, the, the matches that we're likely to get between her and uh, former best friends, uh, Tegan Knox, of course. But uh, hell of an opener. And um, I must admit, I would have been happy happy if that would have been closing the show but to open the show was just as special to be honest with you and i think it it certainly set a really high benchmark for the rest of the night yeah no absolutely but we'll obviously get to it but uh, i think there were some 
again, higher pressing issues for the men's main event or men's to be main event, really. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so uh, there, there we had a shot of uh, Imperium sitting at ringside. I think they were a, a minus, minus Alexander Wolf, but uh, never mind. Uh, uh, we were all kind of wondering whether they were going to uh, play a part in any of the matches with them sitting at the ringside, but it was just kind of one of the things that NXT and uh, tend to do on takeovers and kind of flash up either current stars or uh, incoming new signees, and in this case it was Imperium. Uh, but that kind of led us nicely into our next match, which was uh, a triple threat. Now, this match was originally penciled for this past uh, Wednesday's NXT, uh, but then got bumped up to the takeover card, and they announced it as a, an, an actual number one contenders match as well. So it featured uh, Killian Dane, Damian Priest, and Pete Dunne. Um, and uh, the winner of this match would then go on to be the number one contender to the NXT uh, champion, P uh, Adam Cole, of course, at uh, this Sunday Survivor Series. So lots uh, kind of on offer here. Some big stakes at hand as well. And uh, these three have kind of had a bit of a feud, kind of weaving and interlocking through various episodes of uh, NXT for the last few weeks. Um, and uh, kind of where was your mind at kind of going into this match with these three opponents, knowing that uh, potentially the winner would go on to face Adam Cole for the championship in possibly the biggest match in their career at Survivor Series this Sunday? I'm just really happy that Pete Dunne's going to have an NXT Championship match at Survivor Series. I'm really excited about it. Pete Dunne's probably one of my favourite wrestlers in the world at the moment. Uh, in terms of the feud itself, it's difficult because with the recent Wednesday Night Wars and lack of time, I do have to make a conscious decision as to watch All Elite or NXT and ah. just catch up on clips and that. So I think there's going to be a lot with this sort of story or match which I might sort of slip me by if you know what i mean um but it seems to be like killian dane himself post sanity totally reinvented himself just that slid under the radar for me which it's a shame because i love damo killian dane being a fucking mark and calling him by indie names and i don't want to do that that's all right that's all right we, we all know who you're referring to yeah uh, so uh but he has, he's done a great job since. And they, the thing is, they've treated him the way he should have been treated as this big monster heel, this mm -hmm. big killer. Um, and unfortunately, you barely, barely saw him on SmackDown, let alone had a chance to experience what type of wrestler he was. And uh, uh, I honestly thought going back a few years ago that they were going to push him to the moon. I mean, for crying out loud, he was he was part of a WrestleMania before he even came up onto the main roster. He was in the Andre oh, the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Royal. Uh, yeah. Kind of within, a, within uh, a few months of actually being with the company. So they saw something in him, um, but I can only imagine the bits of man saw, uh, you know, how hairy his back was and said, I'm not having him uh, anywhere within 50 feet of me. Um, but uh, Triple H obviously had the, uh, had the, uh, he knew uh, kind of how to look after a wrestler like that. And uh, like I say, either end of his main roster career, uh, Triple H has done the right thing by Killian Dane. And I remember seeing Killian Dane in that amazing six man ladder match at uh, NXT oh, TakeOver New Orleans. Yeah. And, I, and I was there and it was a tremendous Wait. match to be there live. I was, I was there WrestleMania weekends uh, last year and that, that match was just fantastic. And the two big guys, Lars Sullivan, he's dropped off the face of the earth and, and Killian Dane, they really uh, delivered. But uh, yeah, he made a big believer out of me. And, and Damien Priest, a uh, bit newer on the scene, uh, formerly Punishment Martinez from uh, Ring of Honor fame. Uh, do, do you know much about uh, Punishment Martinez or Damien Priest? Know. I don't know a great deal, to be fair. Uh, I know that he was really popular in Ring of Honor, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. And I think it was something of a shock when he left, if I recall. Well, I suppose, actually, 
no, leaving Ring of Honor isn't a shock anymore. Uh, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not currently, no. But uh, are we going back to this match? Like I said, number one contenders match. Now, amazingly, despite the stack card, this was the match going into it that I was looking forward to the most, probably for the same reason you were, and that's because of the inclusion of Pete Dunne, a massive mm. Pete Dunne fan this end and your end as well. Uh, this match uh, started at a pace with uh, w- one spot, Killian Dane executed uh, a Michinoku driver, dropping Pete Dunne onto the head of uh, Damien Priest. Now, that I'm sure... I'm sure, I'm sure they didn't, but it looked painful. It looked so painful. Uh, that was followed by a two-for-one move from Killian Dane, dropping both uh, Dunn and Priest with a fall-away slam Samoa drop combo on the outside. Dunn then goes on the offence with a snap suplex uh, to Dane and then a triangle attempt on Priest before getting a, a double teamed by both heels with a double power bomb. Uh, this match soon breaks down with all three smashing lumps out of one another before they all fall to the canvas. Uh, Priest then gets a close near fall from a choke bomb on Dunn. Uh, Priest then drops Pete Dunn down onto one of the announce tables on the outside with his uh, razor's edge uh, crucifix bomb uh, before Killian Dane levels Priest with a running cannibal through the guard railings. Uh, Priest himself gets a close near fall with another razor's edge, this time on the bigger Killian Dane, uh, with Dunn breaking up the pinfall attempt. There's a crazy suicide dive from Damien Priest over the top rope onto Dane on the outside, and Dunn comes back with uh, uh, with a tremendous moonsault from the middle turnbuckle onto both of his opponents on the outside. Dane then delivers a Vader bomb onto Priest, uh, with Dunn delivering another moonsault to break up the count and getting a two count from a bitter end on Killian Dane. Uh, Priest almost has his match uh, won with a reckoning on Pete Dunne with uh, Dane breaking up the pin. Uh, the match eventually comes to an end with uh, Dunne. He applies a sleeper hold on Killian Dane and with Priest laying prone on the canvas, Killian drops Pete Dunne back first onto Priest. Uh, Dane then gets bundled to the outside, allowing Pete Dunne to make the cover on Damien Priest for the one, two, three. And now we have it. Uh, it'll be the bruiser weight Pete Dunne who will go face to face one on one with the NXT champion at Survivor Series in a featured match on Sunday. So this match had it all. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it, to be honest with you. It probably wasn't the best match of the night, but it certainly delivered on all fronts as far as I'm concerned, and uh, all three more than delivered. But uh, I'm, I'm as chuffed a bit, just like you are, to see Pete Dunne not only win the match, um, but to then become the number one contender, and he's going to be featured in a championship match on tonight's Survivor Series. So give us your thoughts on the match as a whole, and uh, kind of your thoughts on tonight's match against Adam Cole. Pete Dunne must fucking love going to Chicago. Oh, yeah. It's his, Any, it's his lucky town. Yeah. Anytime <laughs> they say, oh, Pete, we're going to Chicago again. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that classic um, match yeah. with, uh, with Tyler Bate, of course. I'm not sure if that was a five-star match, but it, it certainly was. deserved to be. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, actually. I think it was uh, four and three quarters. five. Yeah. No, I could be yeah. wrong. Um, no, you, you, like hey, that, hey but... it's your podcast. You can bump it up to five if you want to. It's <laughs> all right. Yeah. No, no. When we start doing uh, Patreon content, it will be uh, 4.75 stars in the Tokyo Dome just to get re- other episodes out. Uh, <laughs> no. Match. Excellent. Pete Dunn. What a, it, they really handled the ending of that really well for Pete Dunn because obviously he's a little guy in that match. So he's sort of David against two Goliaths. And then just to be able to snatch that victory after Dane sort of slams him down onto. Um, Priest, De- sorry, Damian Priest name. Shit, I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, to be that shitty in sort of cocky because he's not a heel. I don't think he's really a face. He's just, he's just a twat really, and everybody loves him. Um, yeah, just plays into his character. I actually think he might win tonight. I really hope so. 
Yeah, well, I, I think after, I mean, we'll talk about the main event shortly, but after the punishment Adam Cole went through, he's, he's not going to be 100%. And I, 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 don't, I don't know. We, we'll talk about kind of my, where I think that much might go uh, at the end of the episode. But uh, um, I hope it'll be a, an amazing moment. Like I say, Chicago is his lucky town, but it'll be an amazing moment if Pete Dunne does pull it off. But we'll talk a bit more about that uh, towards the end of the show. But uh, definitely a thumbs up match and uh, a brilliant win, a popular win as well uh, for the Bruiserweight. And uh, like I say, it has been in NXT, uh, the longest out of the three. And uh, like I say, I think it's a natural progression for Pete Dunne having been the NXT UK uh, or the WWE United Kingdom champion for so long and uh, for him to now have that uh, shot at Adam Cole's championship tonight at Survivor Series. But moving on to match three or four then, Liam, uh, the original bro, Matt Riddle versus, uh, uh, shall we call him the Prince, Finn Balor? Um, <laughs> he, his, his character is certainly very very, very reminiscent of his new Japan character. Uh, the Prince real Balor, rock and but, roller. Uh, there we go. But uh, uh, this match actually marks the first match in uh, an NXT ring for Finn Balor in over three years. I think commentary said it was close to four, but uh, I think it's kind of more like over three years uh, with Balor turning heel on Johnny Gargano a month ago, bringing back the darker, more sinister side of Finn Balor uh, that we haven't seen from him since he joined WWE back in uh, five years ago. So uh, in his entire run, he's uh, only ever been babyface up until his recent heel turn uh, a few weeks ago also leading to the insertion of Matt Riddle into this match, uh, who, in my opinion, makes a perfect opponent for Finn Balor any day of the week. So this match started uh, at a slower pace, with Balor connecting with a drop kick in the corner, like a John Woo drop kick and a stiff boot to the face of Riddle. Riddle soon started to show why he's more than a suitable replacement for Johnny Gargano with a broton and uh, an ankle lock on Balor. Uh, Balor comes back with a, another John Woo drop kick. Riddle connects with a flash knee strike and a bridge in German for a two count. Balor counters uh, a powerbomb attempt from Riddle with a double foot stomp to the chest and then a sling blade. Uh, Riddle then delivers a, a Goldberg-esque spear and a, a jackhammer, which he called the bro, uh, bro hammer for a close near fall. So that was excellent. The fans were loving these not-so-subtle digs at uh, Hall of Famer Goldberg there. And I know uh, Matt Riddle was chomping at the bit for a match with Gold Goldberg somewhere down the line. Uh, but uh, I love these when he was kind of ripping off Goldberg's moves. Uh, Gold uh, Goldberg. Uh, Balor then drops an inverted uh, uh, DDT for another close near fall. Riddle delivers a bro to sleep, but misses a, a floating bro. And Balor misses his coup de grace uh, with Riddle attempting to put Balor um, out with a rear naked chokehold. But the end of the match comes when Balor connects with a devastating 1916 spike DDT, hooking the leg and getting the pinfall over Matt Riddle in this well-paced, hard-hitting and action-packed match. So I, I love this one as well. Uh, seems to be the common theme of all these matches so far. Uh, I love the close near falls that we got, uh, the slightly slower pace that we got between these two. I love the offence. Um, and at one stage, it did look like Matt Riddle could possibly come away with a win, uh, but the longest reigning NXT champion in history, Finn Balor, uh, returns to NXT uh, with, a, uh, with a win under his belt and uh, looks great in doing so so I don't think the loss really did Matt Riddle any harm um, he certainly lost to, to the better wrestler at the end of the day but uh, I love the hell out of this match what about yourself uh, I had to skim through this one quite quickly because as discussed earlier I was running late to the podcast and haven't watched the show yet uh, but obviously I knew that the men's war games was going to be the main talking point so I had to, I had to skip through the 10 second <laughs> button on the network really we, we, we've all done it believe me we've all done it <laughs> yeah. so yeah, I mean, right decision, really, for Balor to come back and win. I mean, obviously, that makes sense. It's a shame it had to be at the expense of Riddle, because yeah. you don't want Riddle losing too much. 
Riddle Riddle is well, assuming he can stop being hated by the locker room and stop putting his foot in his mouth, uh, he'll be he should be a top star. And I really want him to be because he is incredible. He's one of the most engaging uh, wrestlers I've seen live. Just everything he does in front of you in the ring, you're just gripped by it because he's oh, brilliant. Yeah. Need to see him again. But it is another, it's another loss, as you, as you alluded to there, for Matt Riddle. And he's had a few on takeovers in the past. And uh, although he's the type of wrestler where, you know, losses don't really affect his character and we, we still love him regardless of, of what he does and whether he does lose the odd match. I mean, he probably wins as many as he, as he loses. I mean, his most recent loss that I can remember before this one was against Adam Cole for the NXT Championship on NXT a few weeks back. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, you don't remember him for the losses. You just remember him for his cool moves, his, his yeah. Great look, yeah, yeah. his fantastic character and his great gimmick, but with swagging down under, the ri- swagging down to the ring with his fucking there you go. <laughs> but, 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 but with another loss under his belt, Liam, kind of where do you see him go next? I mean, he's obviously not going to be yeah. up there as a title contender, but do you see another? I mean, is there another feud kind of in the pipeline for for Matt Riddle that you'd be looking forward to see potentially? I'm not sure where he goes from here specifically, but what. I do like is that now NXT is sort of classed as main roster and are we going to not see promotions as much now where they go up and they're just left to fodder like like they did with Killian Dane when he when he first went up there with Sanity so I'm hoping like I said I don't know where maybe I'd like to see maybe uh, Swerve Scott go with him yeah that could be interesting because that could be quite fast-paced exciting um, but again, there's so like there's so much depth to the NXT roster, and yeah. there's so much quality in the NXT roster. And I think it entirely matters who he goes with, but you'd sort of know it will be amazing when he does. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, it'd be nice to see his next feud uh, and getting a few wins under his belt and uh, start potentially looking at, at Matt Riddle as a, a future title contender. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be <laughs> great to, I mean, potentially. I mean, I'd like to see him have a, more of a prolonged feud with uh, Roddy, Roddy Strong. And uh, I think he, I could see Matt Riddle as a North American champion, to be honest with you. And uh, that might happen yeah. fairly He's soon. already done that route, hasn't he? He tried against Roddy. He tried, yeah, unsuccessfully. But, uh, I mean, after Survivor Series, we're kind of officially on the road to WrestleMania with uh, TLC, then Royal Rumble around the corner, and then we'll be at WrestleMania before you know it. So kind of thinking ahead to WrestleMania weekend with a big takeover there. Um, and uh, you never know. I mean, obviously, the, the bigger names will be in the title picture um, when we come around to April next year. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 to be honest with you, uh, Matt Riddle might not even be on NXT come then. He, he might be kind of uh, doing bigger things possibly on SmackDown or Raw. Not that I want that because, uh, as you said, you know, they tend to go downwards as opposed to, uh, to um, uh, you know, his success. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. and what, what about Finn Balor then? He's obviously still got this feud lingering over the, over over him with uh, Johnny Gargano, of course. Johnny Gargano is temporarily on the shelf, or hopefully it's temporarily with his uh, neck injury. Um, but uh, that's obviously the next big feud that they're obviously got to uh, complete with Finn Balor, of course. Um, but... Uh, uh, do you possibly see that happening um, over WrestleMania weekend or sometime soon? What's your kind of thoughts on that one? I hadn't considered it. And to be honest, even after that heel turn, I still hadn't really registered the, how tantalizing the prospect of Gargano versus Balor actually is. Oh, mouthwater. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. How long is Gargano out for? Do you know? 
Well, it depends. I don't think he needs surgery. So uh, oh, okay. poss- possibly, uh, you know, just into the new year, we might see him return. So Because uh, if, that, if that's Gargano and Bala take over Mania feud, that, that could be a match of a year. Like that, that would be awesome. And I know the next takeover was advertised for February the 16th. Mm. Um, so it, it's a potential for that one. And then, of course, the next one will be WrestleMania weekend. So only, only kind of one more takeover before Oh, of course, because they're not, they're not tying takeovers to... Well, oh, the pay-per-views. Uh, well, they exactly. are in some cases, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I, I was a bit disappointed they're not doing it for over Royal Rumble weekend because they did uh, one in Phoenix last year. So uh, we shall see what happens uh, instead of TakeOver when it comes to Royal Rumble weekend. But uh, let's have a little look at our main event then. So it's the men's War Games match. Obviously, we had the women's uh, match opening the show earlier on. So this was uh, for the third year running the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong, of course, going up against uh, uh, Team Champa, uh, Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic and uh, a mystery fourth person. Now, the fourth person would have been uh, would have been uh, Matt Riddle, of course. I think Matt Riddle was one of the, the, the first two to be announced in Team Champa and Dijakovic was going to be that fourth man. Um, but of course, Matt Riddle uh, got moved uh, sideways in his match uh, to uh, face Finn Balor, of course. We've just spoken about that one. So, you know, the big kind of conjecture and speculation was who was going to be that fourth man. Of course, uh, some of us have seen uh, Raw where you've got Triple H trying to recruit Kevin Owens and Willie won't he? But uh, we'll see more about that and whether that happens uh, in a moment. Uh, before this match, we saw see all the entrances and uh, the entrance from the greatest faction in all the pro wrestling at the moment, in my opinion, oh, the undisputed era, draped yeah. in gold, um, but uh, definitely uh, producing the goods as far as I'm concerned. We then see uh, the entrance of uh, Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic, both uh, unbelievably making their takeover debuts with uh, Lee and Dijakovic on the same team following their Feud of the Year series of matches throughout 2019. And they've had uh, a a gigantic feud and about four or five fantastic matches uh, throughout 2019. But now here on the same team making their takeover debuts as well. The match starts with Tomasa Champa and Roddy Strong uh, with Champa uh, raining down on Strong with a series of punches and running knees. Uh, Strong manages to turn a fairy tale ending into a double knee gut buster on Champa. Kyle O'Reilly is next into the match capitalising on the man advantage um, in their new kind of green and gold uh, get up, their new green and gold trunks. Which I, I, I wasn't was into the good. trunks. I, I thought they I thought it was all right. It makes a change from there, black and gold. But uh, uh, then we get to Dijakovic in next. Uh, he runs to the ring, dropping both Strong and O'Reilly with uh, Cyclone kicks, stiff lariats, uh, dumping O'Reilly into his uh, tag partner before launching both Strong and O'Reilly into the side of the cage. Uh, Bobby Fish is out next, combining well with O'Reilly with their high-low total elimination finisher and then a suplex stiff kick combo to their opponents. Uh, Keith Lee is out next and he wastes no time in popping the crowd with a massive leapfrog over two men uh, before dropping both Fish and O'Reilly with a massive running crossbody. Uh, always impressive to see a big guy like Keith Lee do what he does in the ring. Uh, then the NXT champion Adam Cole is out next, who goes uh, straight for the tables underneath the ring. So uh, Kaylee Ray disappointed earlier. Adam Cole is not going to disappoint the fans this time around. He put at least five tables inside the ring and another one propped up against the guard railings just outside the ring. But before Cole could even enter the ring, he's given a big boot by Champa, sending Cole crashing through that table propped up against the railing on the outside. Then there's a, a massive all-out brawl inside the ring, uh, inside both rings as a matter of fact, with uh, Keith Lee receiving a low blow for his troubles. Uh, then the clock ticks down to zero for the final entrant and the final member of Team Champa with a few moments of silence. A lot of people kind of thinking, well, maybe it's nobody, maybe uh, maybe that it's just going to be four on three. 
and then we get the music. Uh, the crowd erupts for Kevin Owens uh, to complete mm. the lineup for uh, Team Champa. I, I, I sense a little bit of disappointment in your uh, in your voice there. Uh, no, not no, a fan no. of Kevin Owens. No, I love Kevin Owens. Uh, it was more of a, yeah, this is really good. That pop was insane, wasn't it? It, it really was. And uh, I think it, when, the, when they come back to NXT from having wrestled for however long on Raw or SmackDown, they kind of, they get that extra kind of buzz and extra lift and they kind of extra sense of freedom as well. And that's certainly what we saw here. We saw a sleeper suplex from Owens. Uh, Owens gets a close near fall from a stunner. Uh, Roddy Strong is launched into, uh, from one ring, all the way into the other ring uh, by both oh, yeah, yeah. Kovic. So that was pretty special. And in fact, I think he missed the top rope and went through the middle rope. And uh, kind of that looked yeah, like it hurt. Free. No, Keith Lee then scales the cage to deliver a flying cross body onto all four members of uh, UE down below. Dijakovic connects with a springboard moonsault. Owens delivers a swanton bomb. Roddy drops Keith Lee with an Olympic or angle slam uh, from the second turnbuckle uh, for a two count. Uh, Cole avoids a package pile driver uh, between the two rings, allowing him to uh, hit a Panama sunrise on Kevin Owens onto the metal grate connected was... to the ring. Both men <laughs> were suffering for that one. And you could see the pain etched on Adam Cole's face as he landed hard from his own move. Did uh, you notice that was, uh, uh, during oh. that Panama sunrise what Mauro said? He heard What's a line that? on commentary. He said, "Like there is no honor in this ring." And I was like, "Nice." <laughs> <laughs> but that looked like it. Hurt. it looked like they regretted doing that one. Uh, Champa drops O'Reilly for, uh, with a, a Project Champa before eating a super kick by uh, NXT champion Adam Cole. Cole and Champa then battle it out on the top turn, turnbuckle before they ascend to the top of the cage. Uh, more about that in a moment. Owens then drives O'Reilly through a table with a frog splash. Keith Lee drops Bobby Fish through another table with a power bomb. But uh, none of that, however, measured up for what we're about to see as Champa and Ivan Cole on top of the cage, setting up um, the NXT champion 12 feet above everybody else, uh, above two tables that are set up down below uh, on the ring for what can only be described as a, an air raid crash. And an air raid crash it was with Champa getting the pinfall, smashing Adam Cole through both tables, getting the win for his team after 38 minutes of pure brutality. I loved everything about this match. So, we, you know, we, we saw a, even a, a brief glimpse of uh, Adam Cole's wife, Britt Baker, in, in the in the audience. Yeah. Uh, she was even acknowledged on commentary as well by uh, Mario Ronaldo as uh, Adam Cole's other half. Um, but uh, it's it a brief glimpse. I don't know if uh, the cameraman still got a job after showing her on screen. <laughs> um, of course, uh, AEW superstar Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, of course. And um, she's a dentist. But, you know that? I didn't know that, as a matter of fact, no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> quite a bit. I, I can't remember who told me, but yeah, apparently she's a dentist. <laughs> um, but hell of a match. I, I was sweating just watching this and uh, popping big time, uh, sitting in my armchair watching this one. Um, I have this down as my match of the night. I don't know about yourself, but I've also mentioned on our uh, Wrestling With Jonas Facebook community page this morning that potentially this is the best War Games match in history, also including all the classic NWA and WCW War Games matches. This just had it all for me. I thought all eight competitors completely delivered. And uh, yeah, uh, I'd love to know your thoughts on this one. Yeah, but the, after Owens came in in this match and it just went into signature and finisher frenzy, it was amazing. Just like went, Owens hitting a swanton and then there's just super kicks flying around. Just it was electrifying, just that entire sequence of minutes and it carried on throughout the whole match. Like, obviously, as more and more people got in, it escalated and escalated and escalated. But even when it was just uh, Roddy and Champa at the start, like that's a match you love to see. Yeah. Champa, Champa strong. Um, 
fantastic match. I wouldn't be surprised if Meltzer was to give it a full five stars. Um, it would be up there. It would certainly be up there. Yeah, I think, even if not, this is definitely match of the night. No, no two ways about it. Yeah. Um, closely followed by the women's war games. Yeah, I think the story, the story they told with Rhea Ripley in that, uh, I think that, that that pushes it up there for me. The problem with this one, uh, with the men's one, that last that last spot, the Project Champion from the top, oh, it made me cringe and wince because I've been I've been watching the Zandig bump quite a bit recently. Have you seen that one, Joe Janela? No. So that was a CZW match, I think, and. Uh, you know exactly where I'm going, but basically Zandig has Joey Janela for exactly the same move, basically. Top of the building onto the back of a pickup truck. I have seen it. odd feet away. Yeah, I've and seen it. And there's light tubes and shit. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. I say I've been watching it a lot recently. I've, I've recently moved into a new place and I've been talking about wrestling with new flatmates and I've been showing them this because it makes them cringe. It's well funny. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently Zandig broke his back on that. Because he had to go through it, like, penciled in, like, with his feet. And because he couldn't see, like, where the floor would be. And, yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah. No. I mean, incredible spot. I hope Adam Cole's okay. But, obviously, that leads into Pete Dunne hopefully taking advantage of that and winning the NXT title tonight. That would be beautiful. Yeah. So, I, I love this match. If Dave Meltzer doesn't give it five stars, and I know there's some bias there towards AEW, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got my inkling there is a bit of bias there anyway. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I love this anyway. So I, I probably sound like a broken record every time I do a takeover review, but uh, every card delivered, every match delivered, and uh, every individual delivered as well. I, I love the heel turn um, in the first match from Dakota Kai um, and, and the opening War Games match, I think, delivered. Many people say that that's potentially match of the night as well. So obviously it's great when you've got so many matches or at least a couple of matches on the same card where people are, are so high on and uh, think you know a, a match of the night or possible you know four four and a half five star matches it's, it's great when you can kind of revel in that sort of uh, celebration to be honest with you mm. um, i love the triple threat match between damien priest um he looked like a mega star by the way i think they've got really big plans for him he's got a really good look uh dame uh killian dane and, and pete dunn uh, making this a very memorable number one contenders match and i can't tell you like we said earlier how happy i am for Pete Dunne to be in a featured match tonight at Soil Series. Matt Riddle versus uh, Phil Bala was a masterclass uh, from both, especially from Bala, uh, bringing all of his experience. And uh, Riddle looked strong even in defeat. Um, but uh, and then this main event, uh, you know, easily a five-star match that you can be talking about on your podcast in a few months' time. You know, the big moves, the brutality. Um, it had Kevin Owens at Champa uh, back to full form, which is great to see. No sign of his kind of neck injury, which he only recovered from uh, in record time. I think he was back within seven months and uh, he's been uh, kind of back in the ring now for a few weeks. Keith Lee, I thought Keith Lee was amazing in this match. He got such great reception from the fans. They were chanting and singing his name throughout. And um, I think that people are really taking notice of Keith Lee backstage and he's going to be a, a megastar as well. But he looked fantastic in this match as well. His size, his strength, uh, loved everything about it. But uh, yeah, uh, what's your kind of overall take on what you saw TakeOver War Games, uh, that the show as a whole, uh, what's going to be your kind of overriding memories? Um, obviously, the Project Champa. Well, that's going to be ingrained into my eyelids and I'm scared. <laughs> same, yeah, same. Um, Pete Dunn, I want I want this match to be memorable for me for Pete Dunn because I really really want him to win the title tonight. Um, women's War Games, another monumental moment. Um, Rhea Ripley again, one of my favourite women's wrestlers at the moment. 
fantastic to see her getting getting her due. I really want if she can take the title off Baszler at some point in the near distant future, and then start up a feud with that, that would be that would be nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, takeover takeover average quality is always exceedingly high, so. Yeah. very good night or very and it, good it's another one of those where we kind of walk away from takeover thinking once again we've seen the best takeover ever it's like after every single one we kind of think you know the, the next one is going to top the one we've just seen and it mm. it, it tends to but maybe just because it's fresh in our memory banks but uh yeah i love this one and i could watch this over and over again without getting bored it's one of the wrestling shows uh that you could watch yeah. forever and a day most definitely i've got a question for you though liam so we, we obviously saw uh kind of a a, a semi-surprise appearance from kevin owen complete in Team Champa in the main event War Games match uh, last night. But um, do you think uh, we'll, we'll see Kevin Owens back again in an NXT ring? Do you think, uh, like Finn Balor, he's potentially coming back as a permanent addition or a semi-permanent addition? Uh, what, what, I know that uh, since the brand split, since the latest draft, they're kind of sticking rigidly to the, the, the draft rules now, making them exclusive to their brand. But uh, could we potentially see Kevin Owens more uh, in an NXT ring? And would you like to see him more? I would love to see Kevin Owens back in NXT regularly, but his t-shirt, he went back to his old school KO t-shirt last he night. Did. Yeah. Now I can't remember the exact styling of how that Kevin Owens original shirt was. So I don't know whether they've dug that shirt out from the lot or whatever, or whether that's a new shirt because it still, it had the NXT logo on the back. I saw that and I was like, does that mean he's NXT now? Or is he like still on SmackDown? Or... <laughs> In fact, to be fair, I don't even know what fucking brand Kevin Owens is on anymore. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I, I'm not sure either. I think he's possible. Well, he's on one or the other, but he's in one of the uh, five on five on five teams uh, yeah, tonight. Yeah. Um, so he's not actually wrestling for NXT, but we could could see some uh, shenanigans there. We could potentially see Kevin Owens siding with the five guys from NXT as opposed to his own uh, team. Um, but uh, be interesting to see. It's kind of a bit of a, a storyline thread that does link us up very nicely to tonight's yeah. pay-per-view. I'm a little bit concerned for NXT tonight at Survivor Series, if I'm honest, because they've they've come across on tv awfully well this week which yeah. as we know with 50 50 booking uh, doesn't bode well for them this evening <laughs> <laughs> no well you've got more uh, more uh, you know uh, more of the matches being overseen by Mr. McMahon, of course, as opposed yeah. to Triple H having tight reins of things at Full Sail and uh, NXT yeah. shows. It'll be interesting to see. But, you know, obviously after last night, they can't job, job all of them out because of how well last night's matches and show as a whole was received. So, uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. At least we know we got one kind of exclusive NXT match, and that's uh, obviously Pete Dunne versus uh, Adam Cole. So, uh, they can't be jobbed out to Aurora SmackDown Superstar, at least we hope not. Um, but, uh, uh, you, you never know in the world of WWE but um, there we go we've got Survivor Series to look forward to tonight um, but that pretty much brings us to an end of our NXT TakeOver War Games review then Liam so uh, thank you so much for contributing and for helping helping out with this podcast uh, I hope you've enjoyed the experience oh, it's been lovely to chat to you John yeah, no, it's been great to have you on board. It'd be great to have you back on. And uh, likewise, I'll be happy to kind of guest host or contribute on uh, one of your podcasts sometime in the future. If well, you have, just, uh, if you have just, random guest hosts. It's interesting <laughs> you say that because I'm, I'm slowly putting together the motions for a Christmas episode where I want to have ah. a number of people on so I can just jump on Skype with you for 10 minutes. And then I just wanted to sort of get like a match of a year type thing, like awesome. people's opinions for match of a year, because while we are like three man 
booth as it were for the podcast itself we do want to eventually get guests on but as we are like i said monthly and it's difficult to arrange us free getting the time to do it um i think it would be nice to get that sort of episode out with other people on it just so because obviously it's like courtesy isn't it i'm coming on to yours you come over to ours Pencil yeah. me in, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look for that. So well, I, for I, that. I'm, 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 I'm scheduling all of that now. Well, in the, in the process of, but I, I don't know how I'm going to work it. Whether it's like you come on and you say your free matches, and then I put it to a vote, or whether we us free decide. I, I don't know what's happening yet. But it all sounds good fun. But uh, think, before we before we say goodbye to you properly, Liam, do, do you have any kind of plugs, any uh, any social media handles you want to throw out there so uh, the, the listeners of the rest of John's podcast know where to get hold of you, say hi, uh, get in touch. Uh, where can they find you? Yeah, so all across the board on all socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at five stars in the dome. Back to the number five. I think our, uh, I think if you just type in five stars in the Tokyo Dome now to most search engines, we're going to be the top hit. Yeah. Um, which is quite fortunate, really, giving it's quite a popular phrase. So, yeah. So, latest episode, CM Punk, this is John Cena. That's available now. There's another four episodes of about episode six is going to be in december that is kota ibushi versus shinsuke nakamura from wrestle kingdom nine super excited to talk about that uh episode seven the poll finished the other day and we had another tie and i don't know how to decide between walter and tyler bake from takeover cardiff or what was the other tie oh a kid versus zack saber jr at white wolf wrestling in portugal or spain can't remember so i need to figure out which one we're going to do for episode seven there but they're two amazing matches itself uh zack saber jr again what a boy (laughs) well well, if it helps you out at all i was at takeover cardiff and i'll definitely uh kind of uh add my vote towards the tyler bait walter match so uh if that that, if that pushes it over the edge um I'd, i'd love to see that one reviewed well, that was International Day of Wrestling 2019, wasn't it? it? Was that crazy, was um, <laughs> all out. I was at I was at Royal Quest that day. Uh, so yeah, it was yeah. New Japan, all out, uh, all elite, and fucking WWE just all putting on an event. What a, what an amazing thing! <laughs> um, but yeah, like That's I said, right, you had uh, five stars on the uh, on the Friday as well. Yeah, Super, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that was um, that it, was it, the night. But Josh Bodum was oh, fucking Josh Bodum. Did you see about that? That's the one. Yeah, I did indeed. Yeah, less said so about not, that. Not very. Uh, yeah, let's let's uh, forget that one. But uh, let's not forget what a fantastic show Takeover War Games was. Uh, in fact, straight after this podcast, I'll probably go and watch it again. To be honest with you, but uh, Liam, thank you very much for coming aboard, uh, and we'd love to have you back on again sometime in the future. But in the meantime, yeah, no, you're very welcome. In the meantime, please keep it tuned to the Wrestling Jonas podcast for all of your weekly NXT and AEW updates uh, with uh, regular WWE and AEW pay-per-view reviews and so much more. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit subscribe. Tell your friends and tell your family. And uh, don't forget to, like I say, hit subscribe so you're notified every time a new episode drops on your favourite podcast platform or YouTube. And uh, there we go. But uh, in the meantime, from myself and from Liam, I hope you enjoy Survivor Series tonight. Uh, Catch up with you all again very, very soon. Listen to us on uh, Tuesday when our Survivor Series review will be dropping and I'll have a special guest host there will be uh, the queen of ne uh from podcast and twitter fame she'll be joining me uh we'll be recording that monday night that'll be dropping tuesday morning uh but from myself and from liam have yourself a great weekend and thank you very much catch up with you all again soon